ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Wonderful, my brother. You ready to roll? Yes, we have a special guest with us today. All right. Everybody, welcome aboard. Today is a live broadcast, Monday, July 10th, 2023. We're excited to be here with evangelist Tommy Hollihan, and he's got a special guest. Brother Tommy, who's our special guest today? My wife, Bella. Sister Bella, welcome aboard. Hello. I'm excited. Hey, we're glad to have you today. Praise the Lord. This is great. Uh, Sister Bella, would you like to open us in prayer? Absolutely. Father God, we come to you, Lord, as your humble servant, Lord. And we ask that you just open the windows of heaven, Lord, and anything that we say, that it be of you, from you about you, Jesus. That's where doors open. That's where chains break. And Lord, I ask you that every person that listens to this message, Jesus, will receive something. Yes. That we're believing for greater things than just something. We're believing for miracles. We're believing for the opening of eyes, the lame and the people to be able to see, be able to hear I'm believing for great things because you are a great God and you said greater things shall we do because he went unto the Father. I stand on that word today. Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Amen, everybody. Welcome aboard. Brother Tommy, over to you. Yeah, that's really the Lord. First of all, let's welcome our listening audience. We love you all very much. And of course, we absolutely love Brother Shannon, the Omega Man. Yes. And we, we love him. And I tell you, I pray one of these days I really get to put my arms around you, brother. I feel like I know you so well. Thank you. But you friend. know, I, I'm, I'm working, I'm an evangelist, and I'm always working toward an altar call. I'm working toward a, a decision that my hearers make a decision. And um, the Holy Spirit, I didn't even tell my wife about this, but the Holy Spirit told me to pray specifically at the end of this of, to, of this message today that I am to pray specifically with my wife for miracle. Miracles are about to break out. I want you to hear me now. 
Miracles are dependent upon one thing and one thing only, the goodness of God and and a little bit of your faith. And that's how it happens, my friend. And God begins. There are people out there right now in Radio Land, you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough. Uh, You need that depression to lift off you. You need that condemnation. My wife just said it, loneliness. You know, we don't talk about that a lot, but man, loneliness is, is a a pervasive, prevailing emotion that is covering many lives today, and it's so real, and and the Lord is able to lift that, my friend. The Holy Spirit is able to absolutely lift that. You know, last night I went outside. It was late, couldn't sleep. I looked up into the sky, and I thought to myself, with all the craziness that's happening in the world today, I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm often grieved. I'm looking at the the news and w- watching the you know Miss Universe. What is it in Venezuela or New Zealand? The new Miss Universe, or she just won the Miss Netherlands Universe contest. Now she's going on to try to be Miss Universe of the world. Is a man, a man, a man. I I I, I, I said, Lord, this, this is just. It's upside down. And it's exactly what the scripture says. He said, I will turn the wicked upside down. But anyway, I'm looking at all of this stuff happening today. And, 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 and suddenly it came to me, for God so loved the world. And, and that doesn't mean he loves what's going on in the world. It means he loves the people of the world. Yes. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, or the one that issued forth from him. He was begotten, not made, right? So this is the wonderful thing. God loves the transvestite. That's right. I know some of you Pharisees may have a problem with that, but I love you anyway. God loves those transvestites. He loves these people. He doesn't love their sin. He hates it, and so do I. But there is hope as long as there's breath, there's hope. I've seen transvestites saved, homosexual men uh, transformed, lesbian women transformed. So we have to get straight. God loves his creation. Please hear me. He loves his creation, and that's why he sent his son to die for our sins that through him anybody anybody can get saved. Right? Now you say, I know that. All right. Well, that's all right. I just felt I wanted, I, I felt last night the Lord said to me, Tommy, you have to ask me to fill you more with my love. Because I find myself at times more upset with what's happening today uh, with people than I am. My wife, she, you know, she's, she really, she is so full of the love of God. She weeps over people, cries over people. Um, you know, uh, I, I mean, you know, she carries a burden uh, for folks that sometimes I need more of, you know, honestly. So, but the Lord is good. Amen. The Lord is good. So the Lord is good. And, and that's an understatement. Glory to God. So I don't know exactly what I want to say today, but, uh, but I do want to say this, that we are not sketchy on the love of God. We are not sketchy. I want you to know something. Here we go. There. Now I feel it. Now I feel you, Lord. You know, the, the, the phrase, God loves you, oh, good Lord, it's being used so much today, God loves you. And I, a part of me is like, you know, all you seem to hear is God loves you, God loves you. But you know something last night I thought, God really, really, really loves 
his children. Yes. I want you to hear that again. God Almighty, the creator of the universe, listen to this, he inhabits every single square inch of an endless universe. He inhabits it in P.S. It's all held together by the word of his power. So the God that inhabits the universe is your father. That's amazing. And he is the father filled with love. Think about that. He's filled with love. My wife said that's how she found him. Six years old, my wife went when her her grandfather, who was a mighty preacher, Thomas Cross, was preaching the gospel, my, my wife, Bella, went forward and got saved, and that's, she, she heard a message on the love of God. But here's my point right now. Here's, I got a point to this. I believe that a vast majority of Christians live in a state of silent depression. I'm going to say that again. Yes. It's a silent, they don't talk about it on Sunday morning at testimony time, you know, they can hop up and go, I'm depressed. But most people live in a place of a, a, a silent, pervasive, almost like hopelessness. And they're saved. And you, that may be you out there right now. And I know because I've been there and my wife Bella's been there. You know, we've been there, so we understand it. But I, I, I wrote about this last night on my Facebook, and I said to people that, you know, some of you out there, you're, you're, you're going through a time where you feel separated from God, you don't feel close to the Lord God, and it's not because of outright rebellion in your life. You know, it's, it's not what it is. It's not like a calculated rebellion. It, that's not what it's about. What it is, it's a, dis- a depressing discouragement, and it comes from the evil one who says to you this, you're not good enough. You're not really a good Christian. If people knew what you were really like, they wouldn't love you. You're, you're a hypocrite. Um, you're not everything that you're cracked up to be. Uh, God really doesn't love you. I mean, if he did, would you feel the way you feel? And what about those prayers that is not been answered yet? Okay, if God loves you so much the way you say this, how come those prayers of yours have not been answered for your son, your daughter, your spouse? What about your body? How come you still have pain if God loves you so much? Yeah, and, and on and on and on. You see, a depressing discouragement can be on your life because of those unanswered prayers and the condemnation of you're not good enough, you're not a good Christian. You don't pray enough, by the way. Not you're not saved, by the way. If you were saved, you wouldn't feel like this. You know, God loves you so much, how come he doesn't answer your prayers? And it's because you're a hypocrite. What happens is this can bring a slow, depressing discouragement. Just give me a second to give you the, to to talk to you about the problem. Then I'm going to give you a glorious prognosis. I'm going to give you a glorious answer, okay? Because we're not here to scare, we're here to prepare. We're not here to survive, we're here to thrive. And I'm going to say that again. We're not here in these end times. God's told me to prepare the church for the end times. He said, but Tommy, you're not here to scare. I want you to prepare. Don't teach them to survive. I'm going to teach them. I want you to teach them how to thrive. So hear me when I tell you this. All of the condemnation that you may be going through, 
is from your own mind and the evil one, but it comes down to one important factor why you feel that way. It comes down to this. You really, really, really don't know how much God loves you. Because if you did, you would not buy into one of those lies that I just mentioned. Please hear me again. The Bible says fear has torment. First John, fear has torment. It says, if we fear, said John, if we fear, it is because we really are not matured in our love and we are afraid of what God might do to us. I'm telling you right now, that's exactly what it says. It says, fear has torment. It's not talking about fearing God. It's walking around with fear constantly of, oh my God, I'm not good enough. Oh my God, I didn't do enough. Oh my God, am I saved? Oh my God. John said that kind of fear, which is from the enemy, brings a torture to your mind because and it says whoever does that whoever lives that way is not matured he's not made perfect in love said king james but it means you're not matured in your understanding hear me now child you're not mature in your you say but i've been saved 30 years it doesn't matter if you say 50 years you can be saved 80 years and not believe and know that god really loves you listen to me carefully hear what i'm about to tell you hallelujah listen to what i'm about to tell you Paul's great confidence, that little Jew that got saved, that went around the world where the Romans said, oh, the one that's been turning the world upside down is here. I mean, they must have looked at him when he stood before Caesar and said, this is it. You know, I mean, the Romans were powerful. They were huge. They were developed physically. And they bring Paul in and change it like, wait, what? This is the guy that's been turning the world upside down? Oh, but when Paul, my friend... It says he beckoned to them with his hand. That's how Paul would preach. He would raise that right hand and he would begin to preach. When that man opened his mouth, they must have stood back in amazement. And they said, nobody, we've never heard an orator like this. That's why Festus said, we, 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 we can't even listen to him anymore. The kings were like, we'll talk to you at another time. He was powerful. But that great preacher, that little Jew that got converted and went all over the world used to raise the dead. I mean, that man turned cities upside down and inside out, right, for God. That man's confidence and his power did not lie in his prayer life. It did not lie in his extensive knowledge of the Bible. Friend, listen to me. I've been studying the Bible now 50 years. In the It's called the Koinia Greek. That's the language the Bible was written in. I've studied it 50, Paul knew that Bible inside and out, the Old Testament, out. His power did not come from knowing the Bible. His confidence did not come from prayer. I know somebody's going to say right now, I disagree, but no, you need to hear me out. His confidence did not come from his oratory ability, from his prayer life, nor did it come from his extensive knowledge of the Bible. I'm going to tell you exactly what he said, where his confidence came from. Get ready. Put your seatbelt on. Now, I'm going to tell you what Paul said. Watch this. And I believe prayer is important. Bible knowledge is so important to growing in God. But that's not where Paul's great confidence lay. Here's what it was. It's found in Romans chapter 8. Watch now. Watch now. He said, we nay in all these things, 
He's talking about tribulation, trials, problems, ups and downs. He said, nope, in all of these things, watch now, watch now, Romans 8, we are conquerors, no, no, more than conquerors, through what? Through what? Through how much I fasted? Not mentioned there. Through praying an hour a day? Not mentioned there. Through my knowledge of the Bible? Not mentioned there. Nay, in all of these things, said Paul, I am more than a conqueror. We are, watch this, through him who loves us. Now, if God didn't love you, you wouldn't have the power to pray. If God didn't love you, you wouldn't have the grace to read your Bible. It is this love of God that holds you constantly. When you wake up in the morning, what's on your mind? God is on your mind. A few other things, but then God, that's the love of God. He's reaching you. He's strengthening you. He's quickening you. He's forgiving you. He's watching you. He's thrilling you. He's touching you. He's doing a billion things to you every day you don't even know about. And it's the love of God, Paul said, that makes us. Now, Paul said, in case you didn't get that straight, watch this. Paul goes on to say in Romans 8, watch this. He goes on to say in Romans 8 that we're more than conquerors, but then he said this, I am persuaded. It's a very powerful word in the Koine Greek, persuaded. It means without a doubt. He said, I am persuaded. He's on a roll now. I mean, my God, he's probably praying in tongues saying this. I am persuaded. He said that neither death nor life, principalities, demon spirits, nothing in my past, nothing in my present, nothing in my future. I am persuaded, said Paul, that nothing will ever, ever, ever be able to separate me from the love that God has for me through his son, Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? He didn't say, I'm persuaded that I'll never stop loving God. We, we quit loving God a lot of times, but he said, no, that's not what gave him power. He said, what gives me my encouragement is I've got a revelation. God will never, ever, there's nothing, nothing in my past, nothing that's to come. I don't care if I screw up today. I don't care if I mess up tomorrow. I don't care if I mess up today. He said, God's going to continue to love me. And I'm persuaded of that. Are you? Are you? Are you? You see, once you're persuaded of that, it energizes your prayer life. It thrusts you to want to study the Word of God. You want to get to know a God better who loves you unconditionally. Who, the, who would want to love somebody that loves them with conditions? God does not love you with conditions. He may discipline you. He may have to chastise you at times, but even that's out of his love because the Bible says whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. So hear me when I say this to you again. The, your father, right? Jesus said, when you pray, say our judge. No, our father, our father. He is your pater, the Greek word pater, protector, provider, nourisher. He loves you. Father loves Hear me again. He loves you right now, and I pray, and I've already prayed for you here, that the Holy Ghost, the third person, the Trinity, will persuade you by an apocalyptose, by a revelation that God really, really, really loves you. Mention your name. You, 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 you. You're his child. I got a grandson inside that me and my wife have been raising. He's my son. We love him. Love him, love him, love him, love him, love him. And I'm guilty of spoiling him at times. We love him. And I tell my Gio, when you obey Pop Pop, we love you with a happy love. When you disobey Pop Pop, I still love you, but it's with a bit of a disappointed love. But my love will never change. Hear me, child. Hear me. God loves you no matter what. 
not. I'm not giving you a license to go out there and sin. Hear what I'm telling you now. He loves you not based on your behavior. No, no, no. He loves you in Christ based upon Christ's behavior. You see, when you got saved, you took off the robes of your works, and Jesus clothed you in the robes of his perfect works. Father sees you in Christ. Hello? He sees you in Christ. That's your position. He sees you perfect. He sees you blameless. Read it in Ephesians 1. He sees you. It says he hath chosen you in Christ. Watch this. He has chosen you where? In Christ. And sees you blameless. He sees you perfected. He sees you past judgment. He sees you as he sees his son, Jesus Christ. That is your position. Right now, in front of the Father, you are blameless and you are as righteous as Jesus Christ. Did you hear me? You are as righteous as Christ. You have, Romans 5, the gift of righteousness. It's not trying to earn it. You can't earn it. It's a gift that he gave you of righteousness. You are made right. You are declared righteous as a wonderful gift. Now, you say to me, Evangelist, why are you going on about this so much? Because this is the area the enemy will attack you in greatly to work depression into your life, to work a malaise that will come over you. It's like, ah, why bother? You know, but when you know that you know by revelation of the Spirit and by a man like me preaching it that God really loves you, you can jump up. Hey, I said jump up. You need to jump up right now wherever you are. Jump up, throw both hands in the air, do it, and say, God loves me. He really does. Do it. Shake yourself and just say, God loves me. He really does. Amen. He does. Now, once we establish that fact, and you are persuaded of it, and by the way, ask the Holy Spirit, ask Jesus every day, Lord, strengthen me to believe that I'm really, really, really loved by you. Lo knowing that God loves me doesn't make me want to sit back and let life pass me by. Knowing that my Father really loves me and Jesus loves me doesn't make me say, you know what I think I'll do today? I think I'll go to the bar and have a double. No. No, no. Or I think, you know what, today I'll cheat on my wife. What? No, knowing that my father loves me and that he sent his son to die for me and that God loves me so much, it makes me want to turn from sin. It makes me, by the power of God's grace, to say, no way am I going to continue to do anything that would displease the Lord. And listen, we've all got what is known in the Bible as besetting sins. Pull up a chair and hear me. Every single one of you that are listening to me, including this preacher and my wife that's here, we all have what's called besetting sins. They're not sins that are going to put you in hell, but they'll, they'll make you feel like you're there. <laughs> they kind of keep you out of the presence of God. It may be gossip, you know, uh, it, it may be slang, you know, things that are just there. What Hebrews calls besetting sins. And we're to lay those aside, says the Bible. It says lay them aside. Just, you get to a point, you say, I've had enough. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm outside of God's presence, right? I don't feel his quickening presence, his joy and peace. I need to examine myself and just lay these besetting sins aside. That's what the scripture says to do. It doesn't say you're going to hell. It says they're keeping you from running your race. 
That's it. So as the Lord's love conquers you, as you get persuaded by the spirit of how much God loves you, it's like, wait, what? I don't want anything in my life to slow me down. See, Paul's dealing in Hebrews 12 with racing. He said, run your race, right? He said, now get rid of the waste, Greek word onokos, things that are holding you down, and that sin or the besetting sins that throw you so quickly off out of the race. See, we put ourselves out of the race. We're like, oh, I can't do this. Look what I'm doing. I'm not a good Christian. Deal with it. Just deal with that by grace. Ask the Lord to give you a growing conviction to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. All right, so I don't know why I just feel led to talk to you about that, but get ready because I'm working you toward the altar today. I'm working you toward, toward praying over you at the end of this message. I'm getting ready to pray over you with my wife. Buddy, do you want to say anything? I just want to really say about... My children, you know, God wants all of us to come with a sincere, childlike faith. And I learned very early on, my children in their 30s, but they were looking up at the stars, and my son, he was three, and my other daughter was four. And I will tell you that God gave me a word that day that I never, ever will forget. Share, share the poem God gave you. Yes. He, so as my son was looking at the stars and my daughter, his eyes grew real big, and he goes, Mommy, how did those stars get there? And I said, well, I made one for your sister that's a little bit bigger, and because you're younger, I made a little one for you. I'll never forget the look in his face. And he goes, wow, how did you do it? He just, he just took it. But when I come to God, there's many times I don't come with that childlike faith. But when I do, it changes my whole outlook and everything. But that Lord, that day, the Lord had me go in the go in the house, grab a piece of paper. And mind you, this is thirty some years ago, thirty five years ago, and I wrote this simple poem. And it said, I could say to my, uh, wait a minute, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm getting closer to the phone. There's nothing that compares, wow, I can't even believe that I have never There's forgotten. There's nothing that can compare to the face of a child. Right. Go ahead. I could say to my two babies, see those stars? Mommy put them there. Their eyes would grow real big and they would believe that it was true. For in the faith of a child, there's nothing mom can't do. Well, after just that, a revelation that has never left me about how the importance of just believing it because he said it and accepting that he will do it. It's just, it was a turning point in my life about coming to God with childlike faith. It was just, but I went and wrote it down one time, and now I don't know why I didn't finish the whole thing. But the point is, I'm learning still today from all these years ago that that comes back to me. But um, my point is childlike faith, the importance of it. And believing, you add that, to that? and believing that God simply loves us in childlike faith. Yeah. And you know, honey, we don't have a corner on this. We struggle with this at times. We come to each other and we're like, wow, you know, 
Hey, we're on a journey, folks. You know, this is uh, the early church was not known as Assembly of God, Church of God, Church of God in Christ. The early church in the book Acts was simply called the road. <laughs> they were known as the road, the way. And the people would say, hey, are you on the road? Yeah. On the... Don't forget, we're on a road. Lighten up. We're on a road. And it's a glorious road. It's a road to Emmaus, Luke 24. We're on a road with Jesus, and it's a walk. It's a walk. And here's the deal. We get steadier and steadier and steadier as we continue to walk with Jesus. Yes. We just practice. Go ahead. Childlike faith. It's so important to every Christian. Everybody I minister, yeah. I really reiterate it on, on a more uh, depth. Amen, amen. Depth. I keep feeling the Holy Ghost telling me, pray the prayer of faith at the end of this message today. There's people that are going, You're listen to me, you're going, something is going to happen today yes. when we pray for you. I'm telling you right now, something is going to happen for you when we pray. I'm only telling you this because the Spirit keeps interrupting me and saying, tell them to get ready. So I don't know what it is that you need to believe God for, but we're going to join our faith with yours, and it's going to be powerful. Now listen to me, there, and I'm not going to say this again. I'm going to say it to you again. There, is, there can be in your life right now a kind of a malaise, a, a, a general uh, discouragement, a depression, if you will, but it, doesn't, it didn't come to you because you outrightly rebelled. It just comes because you submitted to that filthy, stinking, lying devil who loves to put you under condemnation. That's what his job is, and he's good at it. You know, he gets A plus ratings on you on 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 you know on his website all the time. He's he gets star ratings, number five, number five, number five. He is great at condemning. He knows how to whisper in your ear, you're a hypocrite. You're not really a good Christian. He knows how to do that. Right? What by the grace of God, yes, he knows how to do it. Now, the voice of God is convicting. God will put it in your heart. You need to turn from that. You know, uh, I love you, but that, that's got to stop. And, and that he'll give you the grace to do. That's called repentance. By the way, repentance is not a feeling. Repentance is a decision. I'm going to say that again. There may be some of you out there in Radio Land right now, you need to repent. And repentance is not feeling something, it's deciding to do something. Okay? Go ahead. It's also, God is not looking for perfection. He strives to be perfect every day for missing the whole mark. He is more interested in progression. Perfection. Right, and that even that has to be defined because a lot of times, you know, we, we say that and that's true, but really what God is looking for is that we grow, watch this, we grow in that grace that he gives you. What, how, what does that look like, though? That means we grow in, with more kindness in our life, and that's by grace. We grow, in, we grow in patience. We grow in long-suffering. We grow in joyfulness. We grow in tenderness. We grow in, in considering others above ourselves. That's an act of grace. When the Bible talks about growing, it means allowing the nature of God to be predominant in your life as the Holy Spirit gives you grace. Now, watch. Now, we, or not, so let's, let's stay on this topic, though, what, what I want to say again to you. God wants you to be persuaded of his love for you. He wants you persuaded of that. You know, I'm persuaded that my wife loves me, right? I don't get up in the morning worried about cheating on her. 
I don't get up in the morning worried that I'm going to fail her today. I don't go out the door saying, I better be a good husband. I better be a good husband. I want to be a good husband. I love her. I see how much she loves me. She sees how much I love her. I don't have to be a good husband. I want to be a good husband to her. It's a response to how much she loves me. Likewise, as a Christian, you, as a Christian, you respond ultimately to the great love that the Father has for you in sending Christ his Son to die for you. You have such gratitude that he will always love you, he will always forgive you, he'll always be there for you, that you want to respond by repenting of anything that's in your life that you know is displeasing to him. It's no longer a matter of am I saved or not saved. What it's a matter of is am I walking in an obedience to the Lord that's out of love. You know, the Bible says with the children of Israel, he fed them in the wilderness with manna for 40 years. But when they crossed Jordan, there was no more wonder bread coming from heaven. Now they had to learn how to sow and reap. They were maturing in their walk with God. Listen to me carefully. There may be those of you that were baby Christians for, you know, and God gave you everything. He did everything for you. But there comes a point where the Lord said, okay, not that I'm lifting my grace, but I'm wanting you now to begin to partner with me to begin to do things I didn't require you to do when you were first saved. I want you to do it. I want you to get up. I want you to pray. I want you to read your Bible. I want you to go to church. I want you to love your enemies. And I'm going to give you the grace to do that. And that out of his love, he does that for us. Okay. So again, we're going to get ready because the Lord keeps telling me, Tommy, you're going to pray over people today. And the devil, there's a devil out of hell that can bring depression on you. Be out of condemnation. That's his job. Hebrews, uh, excuse me, Revelation 12, the accuser of the brethren. Is that what it says? Yes, it does. The accuser of the brothers and sisters. He's the accuser. And, and he adds day and night. Day and night, he accuses you. You're not good enough. You're not really saved. You're not a great Christian. Nobody loves you. Look at you. If people only know. No, 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 no. That's what he does. He's the accuser. See, but I'm not fellowshipping with the accuser. I'm fellowshipping with the blesser. Hallelujah. So get ready because that, uh, that oppressing accusation is coming off of. Do you want it? Do you want it to leave? Do you want that oppression to leave you? Do you want that accusation to leave you? Okay. It's not. Let's not have a poor me attitude. You can't be pitiful and powerful, said Joyce Myers. You can't. See, pity draws attention. A lot of people live in pity because it gives them attention, attention, attention. That's why Jesus said to the man at, at the pool of Siloam, do you want to be made whole? What kind of question is that? Guy's been sick for 38 years, and Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? Because there are people that don't want to be whole. They're comfortable in their affliction. It gets them attention. I mean, he was there at the pool of Siloam 38 years. The dude was the mayor of the pool at that point. He knew everybody. Everybody knew him. And when Jesus came to him, he said, do you want to be made holy? He said, of course I do. But, you know, but, 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 you know, there's the Buddhist and the Baptist and the Buddhist today. They're, but, Lord, I got nobody to help me. No, man can't help you. But Jesus said, you don't need man. Jesus said, if you want to be made whole, you got to do something. Why did Jesus just heal him? He didn't. He said, you got to do. Jesus said, you have to do something to that man. You see, and he told him after he said, you're healed. Now he said, get up, take your bed. The thing that you've been laying on, Throw it out and start walking with me. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. I'm telling you right now that God does, want, does not want you lying on a bed of self-created 
affliction that's keeping you from walking out healed and whole into the twilight and daylight of God's powerful will for your life. So that's what the Lord is saying to you right now is get ready because at the end of this message today, I'm going to ask God, whoo, I feel it right now. I'm going to ask the Lord to baptize you in his supernatural power. You're going to feel God in a way that you have not felt him in years, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Those yokes of restrictions and limitations that are on you are going to go. I'm binding every spirit of hell that has condemned you and put you in a cave and told you you ain't coming out. You're a liar, devil. And I'm asking God to put a fresh revelation in you today of how much he loves you. The great love. Somebody once said, I asked God, how much do you love me? And he stretched out his hands on the cross and said this much. Over and over in the New Testament, it says this is how much God loved you. He came through his son to die for you. It's hard for me to get my mind around that. But listen to me, friend. Listen to me. Here's what the Lord's looking for right now. Are, Are you excited? Get excited in Jesus' name with the joy of the Lord. That is your strength. I didn't even get to what I want to preach on today, but hallelujah. Anyhow, one of the things I'm doing right now, my wife's with me on it. The Lord told me a while back, he said, prepare my people, prepare them for the end times, which we're in right now. Prepare them for the end times, which we're in right now. And that's what I want to do. I want to prepare you, not scare you. I'm going to say that again. I want to prepare you, not scare you. I don't want you to survive. I want you to thrive. Okay? And But I need to prepare you. Everything today is happening at a very, very accelerated pace. It's happening at a very, very accelerated pace. Evil is accelerating so quickly that yesterday's headlines are being, today it's like, wait, what? That's happening too? It's accelerating. See, and what the Bible tells us in Isaiah 60, what does it say? It says, darkness shall cover the earth. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And gross darkness to the people. Darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness to people. Wait, what? But my light, my light, my light, my glory shall arise on thee. Watch. So as it gets darker in the world, the glory of the Lord is going to get stronger in you, child. Stronger in those of you that are hungry for everything God has for you. And if you haven't been hungry, there's a new hunger coming on you right now while I'm speaking. There's a new hunger coming on you right now while I'm speaking. God is imparting a new hunger into you while I'm speaking. When this message is over today, you're going to feel a new desire to read your Bible. You're going to feel a new desire to go into the Word. You're going to feel a new desire to pray. You're going to be like, wow, I want to pray. You're going to feel a new desire to forgive people. God is supernaturally right now releasing into you new desires that accompany your first love for Jesus Christ. But here's what I want to tell you. We're Amen. One of the most important things, watch this now, very important for you right now. God is quickening right now a new picture of Jesus to you. A new picture of Jesus to you. Your faith can never rise above your revelation of Christ. Without having faith in faith, he said, have faith in God. And so the question becomes, who is God to you? You can only have faith in someone that you know. So who is God? Well, A, he loves you. I know that. No, no, no. You need to, by by the revelation, you're going to know that. That the God of this universe that inhabits the universe, he's your father. Can, did, 
Did you get that? That's your father and his son is our savior. That enough right there should make you just do a backflip. If I did a backflip right now, I'd end up in ICU. Believe me. My, my stepson got saved recently, a couple of months ago. He's now in ministerial training. He's going on to what God has for him. But I, uh, he runs my business for me. He's the head of the company. I called him and I said, we had a big problem. I said, give me some good news. And being a young Christian, he said, I got good news. I said, what is it? He said, God's alive. And I thought, okay, uh, <laughs> I know that, but, you know, can you tell me what's going on on the job? And suddenly the Lord stopped me, and that got quickened to me. <laughs> to him, the good news is God's alive. And, you know, ever since then, we stayed in almost every day to one another. God's alive, God's alive, God's alive. But when he said God's alive, at first I was like, uh, yeah, I know that. You know, I've been saved 50 years, but the Lord quickened said, no, 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 no. I am alive. If God is alive and he's your father, and his son is your savior, you don't have any problems. No, you don't. You have challenges, no problems, challenges that God will work on or work through you with as you put faith in him. Did you hear that, child? I'm going to ask, yeah, I hear that. Yes, Lord. The Lord said, I'm quickening their faith, Tommy. Right as I'm speaking right now, your faith is being quickened by the Holy Spirit. Your faith that deep depression in you, going in Jesus' name. I said it's going by the anointing. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. It's being destroyed in your heart and in your mind. And I want you to contact the Omega Man, Brother Shannon, and let him know that, all right? So listen to me carefully. It's being destroyed. But all you need right now, hear me now, Holy Spirit is in you. He's filling you with this thing called faith. And actually, faith, spoken of in Hebrews chapter 6, is the second step of the six steps or six principles that cause you to grow and be strong in God. The first one, as we know, is repentance to dead works. That means we are to turn from anything that we're trying to do to bring us to get, get us saved. There's nothing you can do to get saved. God already saved you. Take it by faith. It's through the blood. But the second thing he said is faith toward God. Read it. Hebrews 6, 1 through 2. Faith toward God. Now listen to me. The Koine Greek, the original language the Bible was written. Remember, Jesus spoke Aramaic, but the Bible was written in Koine Greek. It's K-O-I-N-E. You don't have to know what I'm telling you in order to understand the Bible. You don't have to study Greek and Hebrew like me. Somebody said to me, do you know Greek and Hebrew? I said, yeah, I know, I know a little Greek and a little Hebrew. The Hebrew owns a deli and the Greek owns a diner. So listen, the only thing you need to know is have the Holy Ghost. He'll reveal the Bible to you, trust me, according to John 14 and 16. But what the Lord has put in me as a minister is that I'm to study that original language. Watch what I'm about to tell you. When the Bible says, have faith in God, that wonderful original Greek, it's powerful. It's pistis. It's pistis eon, pistis epicion, pistis faith, eon upon. Theon is God, epi. Now watch what this means. It means have a faith that thrusts itself upon God. Thrust yourself upon God. Thrust yourself on him for your children. Thrust your faith in God for your deliverance. Have faith in God. It means to thrust your belief and your trust in every area of your life on God. Not on yourself, not on the government, 
not on your husband, not on your wife, not on your pastor, not on the elders. We are called to have faith, have faith in God. Listen to me, have faith. I can't have faith for you. I preached for many years to congregations. What they do with it when they go home is up to them. Some people listen to the word in church, walk out the door, and they don't even remember what they heard. They are just, that's what they do. They're not really walking with God. It's an act. It's a game. But when you really, really, really love the Lord, you get a hold of that word, and you let it sink down in your heart. You understand it. Watch now, and then you obey it. Hallelujah. That's what brings forth fruit in your life. It's when you hear, understand, and obey. Say it out loud out there all over the world. Say it again. Hear, understand, obey. Again, hear, understand, obey. Jesus wonders, take heed how you hear. He said, for the measure that you hear is the measure that will be given back to you. The word hear in Greek means to hear, understand, and obey. The Greeks understood that hearing was not just listening. It was listening, understanding, and obeying. Okay? That's what they believe the word hearing means, and that's what it means. When you listen, understand it, watch now, and the third most important part is obey. Listen, when you buy some, some seeds for, to plant in your garden, you just don't throw them in there. You buy them. Then you read the package to understand it. Then you sow it. That's when you get fruit. Send it with the word of God. Hear it. Understand it. Obey it. All heaven breaks loose. Pistis, faith in God is the second part of your foundation that's going to bring you into great things in your personal life, with your family, your children, your spouse, and those around you. It's faith toward God. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 2. Faith toward God. Pistis, epi. Theon, faith that is thrusting itself constantly, thrusting yourself at God. Oh, Lord, you're able to do that. Here comes that fiery dog. What about my son on drugs? God, you're able to deliver. Your word says, all my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great will be the peace of my children. Hallelujah. What did you just do? Faith in God. What about my finances? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Thank you for that, Lord. Philippians chapter 4. It's right in your word, Lord. Listen, when the devil came to Jesus, he didn't go counsel his pastor. Read it in Matthew 4. When the devil came to Jesus said, if you're the son of God, command that stone to be made in bread. Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Devil, let's talk about this. No, he said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Right? That, the second time the devil came to him, he said, oh, well, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from the temple because Psalms 91 says he'll catch you. Jesus didn't go, you know, that's true. <laughs> I know that Bible must contradict itself here and there. I don't know if it's really, I don't know if God loves. He didn't do that. Stop dialoguing with the devil. He said to him a second, immediately Jesus said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And he drove him back. The third and last time the devil came to Jesus, he said, well, he said, I'll give you everything this world's got to offer you if you just worship me. Jesus didn't get depressed. He didn't sit there wondering. He just says, it's written again the third time. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only wilt thou serve. Jesus drove the devil back with faith. He put the word on him. And the, when you quote the word, it's faith in action. It's called the sword of the spirit, Ephesians 6. Drive that devil back. Get your mind in order, child. Your mind is under attack, and you must stand in that word and court. Get tough in your mind. You'll turn people off at times when, you, when you're that way. You'll just be like, nope, that's what God's word says. 
you know, that some people won't, you know, they won't flow with that because they want to you know, talk about some things you just need to say it's written. That's it. Let's get going. So think about that. They will think about them that in their morning prayer or devotion. So it just has much power. Going back to your first love. Like when I quit smoking cigarettes, it was so easy. When I put them down, I just said, it wasn't because I was convicted or even condemned. It was because I went back to how much Jesus loved me. And I thought, if he loved me that much, I can do this thing for him. And it was just simple. It's all the intentions of your heart. Yes. Honey, do you believe that that we're living in the last hour of the last day? Well, absolutely. And do you believe that there's a glorious answer in all this? Because the Bible says when we see these things happening, look up because our redemption draws it. Do you believe Jesus is really soon to come? Don't just answer if you don't believe it. Do you believe that? No, I absolutely do. You do, because everything's happened. When your grandfather started preaching, Israel was not even a nation. No, it just became after, you know, 50 years into preaching or 30 years into preaching. Uh-huh. Everything he said, Bella, you will not see certain things take place, and he named them in my lifetime, mm-hmm. but you will definitely see them in yours. Wow. And we're there right now. Honey, God gave you a poem. Uh, when our Lord comes to yeah, us. share that. Just quote it the best you can. Okay. Go. This is called When Our Lord Comes to Take Us Home. And he gave this to me in 1988. I sat down and wrote it, just like I'm talking to you right now and never forgot it. When our Lord comes to take us home, I wonder what what he'll find. Will he see us all at work for him, or trailing far behind? I imagine oh so often that I see Jesus on his throne. And then I hear a mighty voice saying, Go and bring my children home. So as he descends from heaven to meet us in the air, he looks at all his children, but some of us aren't there. I hear many frightened voices from those down below. Jesus, please wait. Wait, I am ready now to go. Lord, I didn't realize that drink drink would make me drunk. I thought that when you came back, you were coming for us all. That lie was just so small. Then Jesus spoke these words. Your child, as I look down upon you, and the tears that fill your eyes, it makes me want to comfort you instead. My heart just softly cries. But if you want a peace within, one that will now and finally set you free, you must first take up the cross and then just follow me. So you see, the harder that I tried, the more I fell apart. I couldn't see my Jesus because sin inside my heart. I gave him this. I gave him that. I tried to hear his call, but I never saw my Savior until I gave it all. Well, praise God. Well, it's amazing you can remember all that, honey. And and I tell you what, the way that poem ended, I like that. I never could see my Savior till I gave it gave it to him all. I think that that's the yeah, question. Yeah, one, yes, yes. And I think that's the question for our listeners out there. Have you given God your all? You see, that's what's important. You've got to put everything on the altar and give it all to God. God, everything, everything. You can't come to the Lord, 
you know, or he'd be out there right now, Radio Land, saying, well, God loves me, so, you know, you know, God loves me, and I, I got this, I'm, I'm flirting with my boy. No, 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 friend. Listen, don't mistake the fact that God loves you for the fact that he's a holy God, and, he, and he's a God of, of beauty and a God of holiness, and he wants us to walk with him, you see, but he wants it all on the altar. You've got to give everything to God. You may struggle. You may go through temptations. We all do. But, but everything has to be on the altar, given on the altar to God. And once you do that, once you do that, God will give you a peace that he's working. Go ahead, sweetheart. And sometimes, everybody is different. God knows what each of us needs. Sometimes it's immediate. Mm. Other times, it is progression from glory to glory. Well, so it's so important that people don't give up when they say, okay, I still feel the same way. I'm still doing the same thing. Even if you have to do a little bit at a time, yeah. God will strengthen you. And the more you take one step towards you, and you will take a hundred towards you. Amen. I think what you're talking about, honey, is the things that sometimes really hold on to us. I mean, you can give God something, but it'll keep coming back. Yes. And you may have to give it to the Lord 20 times, 50 times, 100. I've found that there are things that I've had to turn over to the Lord, and I thought, it, you know, you think it's okay, I'm done with that, and then it comes knocking back at your door again. And the thing is, we have to say no. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to let that word come out. I'm not going to complain today, whatever it might be, you know. Amen? Amen? Well. Just yeah, to tie back to that first love of when I was six years old, how that simple message of how much Christ loved me. I could my grandpa I knew when he was gonna call an altar call and all I remember is looking at my little black pat mother shoes and my white socks and I could not wait to get to that altar so I could love people back to life with Christ. That's all I wanted. And I've never been the same. <clears throat> Praise God. Well, saints of God, um, we're going to get ready right now to pray for you. And let's recap what we talked about today. What we really talked about today was the, 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 <laughs> the beautiful truth that St. Paul, that caused him to really, it was his motivation. It, uh, I wish I, had a, I could put this to you better. That which caused Paul to change the world. He saw his great love. Was he saw of all the things he did? He saw God's great love for him. Yes, in spite of all the things he did, he said, "I am persuaded." But now he's speaking as a Christian. Now he wasn't speaking as a as a as, as pre salvation. Now he's talking as one that is saved. And by the way, Paul was not perfect because he said in Philippians three, "I have not attained perfection. I'm not perfect." He said, "But I'm I'm." Or he said, "I'm pressing toward mature." So that's where progress. My wife said it's glory to glory, glory to glory. We change a little bit here and there. See, after you save, God does some big changes in you. The rest of your life, it's little changes. It's tune-ups, we call it, that God does you. But back to my point, I want to emphasize, it's not me. I believe the Holy Spirit is emphasizing this kotaria sikonia. The Holy Spirit is emphasizing this with you today. He said, know that I love you. I'm going to persuade you. Ask the Lord to persuade. Paul said, I am persuaded. I'm persuaded of this. There's no doubt of this. 
He said that nothing in my past, present, or future, no devil, no height I can attain, no depth I can fall to, nothing will ever separate me, watch, from the love that God has for me through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, knowing that, knowing that, you now want to live totally surrendered to God. You now want to get up and say, I want to seek you, Lord, and pray and seek your face like never before. That's what will trust you. That's the basis, the basis of a consecrated life, the basis of a fruitful life, the basis of a holy life is Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Am I right, honey? Let's pray the prayer of faith right now for every one of you out there in Radio Land. I love you so much. Bella loves you. Minister Shannon loves you. More importantly, God, hallelujah, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ loves you so much. You can come to him today and make requests to him over and over. He never, ever, ever, ever gets tired of listening. He loves you so much. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I lift up every person listening. And Lord, right now, every one of them, Elias, I hear you, Holy Ghost. I pray right now for every spirit of depression, every devil of discouragement. Go. Fear, you are a spirit. Go in Jesus' name. I bind every devil of fear torment, disbelief, those roots that have gotten in the hearts and minds of your people that tell them they're not good enough, God does, come out in Jesus' name. I expel you by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said I expel you. Go and do not come back. Depart in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, let your power and your presence touch the hearts of those that are receiving this right now. Touch them, deliver them of every mental bondage, every spiritual bondage, every physical bondage. Go by the name of Jesus. I said by the name of Jesus. And for the glory of God Almighty, be thou whole. From this day forth, we pray, Bella and I, right now for you for a supernatural Holy Ghost hunger, hunger for God and His Word. Hallelujah. That you will begin to crave. Watch this. You begin to crave. Holy Spirit is putting a craving in you. Yeah. It's going to surprise you. It's going to shock you. You're going to feel yourself doing things, and all of a sudden, you're like, I'm going to turn the TV up. I got to read the Bible. Oh, glory to God. Or you're going to get up and watch, oh, I got to pray for a little bit here. I got to touch. That's the Holy Spirit. That's not you. That's the Holy Ghost. Shile a shimaka ilaba ha 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 shindo rika ha ha. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I see the woman right now. She's listening, and I see that yeah. she's listening, and I that she cannot see clearly out of, and it's been worrying her and worrying her. Yes, Lord, I speak to the yes. Spirit, Lord, because you said in Isaiah. By my stripes, you are already healed. I speak to you wherever you're at, whoever you are, that God's love wants to heal you Jesus. more than you want to be healed. Jesus, yes, Lord. Jesus' name. Yes. Praise you, Lord. Did you hear that? 
He wants to heal you more than you want to be healed. See, you're not wrestling with God's reluctance. Uh Uh-uh. You're flowing with his initiative. Faith flows with God's initiative. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is your father's pleasure to save you. It is your father's initiative to deliver you. It is your father's initiative to prosper you. You're not wrestling with God's reluctance. He ain't reluctant. He's not a stingy old man in heaven saying, no, 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 I'm not going to give you the last dollar in my wallet. God is opening up the wallet and saying, I give you everything that I have for you in Christ. Take it by faith and shout the victory. As a child, my wife just said, as a child, take it by faith. God loves you. Put pistis, right? Pistis, the Greek word. Put faith in God. Pistis epitheon. Faith toward God. Trust yourself into faith today in every situation in life, and God will bless you. And I believe we'll be back again on Wednesday, according to the grace of God, and we're turning this back over to the wonderful man of God, Brother Shannon. Praise the Lord. What a powerful message today. If you're just joining me, it's an honor to be here with Brother Tommy and Sister Bella Hallahan. And uh, Brother Tommy, what would you like to call this broadcast for the archive today? Knowing beyond a doubt that God loves you. Excellent. Brother Tommy, also, is there any way people can contact you in your ministry and support your work? (laughs) You know something, brother? We're getting closer and closer to launching uh, ourselves into what God has for us here in the end time. We're opening up um, what is actually called the Presence Center. Presence Center. School of Tyrannius. And, and Sister Bell is teaching now also women empowering women. It's powerful, but we really don't at this point still have not set up. Am I right, honey? Anything where they can, I mean, you know. No, yeah, no, he's asking Precious how they can support us. And, and we really don't. Yeah, but we, honey, that's not what he's asking. Is there any way they can do? We don't really have. Okay, so my wife, she's just kind of on another level. She's saying pray. But I know what you're asking for is how can they financially support us. Um, Yeah, and there's really, you know, besides the PayPal and giving out my address, brother, you know, uh, uh, we don't have any other way, you know, of doing that right now. Okay, Okay, so, Brother Shannon, what what would you like me to do? Absolutely. Um, Well, if you get an email address or anything set up at any time, let me know, and we'll pass that out to people. I got an email address. It, it's Tommy, T-O-M-M-Y, T-O-M-M-Y, H-O-L-O-H-A-N, and as in Nancy, again, Tommy, H-O-L-O-H-A-N, <clears throat> the numeric 54 at gmail.com. Tommy Hollahan, 54 at gmail.com. And brother, we love you, brother Shannon. Thank you for always asking how people can support us. We thank you for this incredible opportunity. I always tell people where me and Bella, we're nobody's telling everybody about somebody that can change anybody. And with our, see the Lord delivered her and I from a terrible lifestyle years ago, brought us through addiction and in and out of jail many decades ago. And look what the Lord has done. And if he can do it for us, he can do it for anybody. Amen. Amen. That's right. Hey, this has been a powerful word today. And Sister Bella, thank you for joining us. You're welcome anytime. I'm honored. 
Yeah, well, brother, listen, she she wants to give her testimony sometime, uh, brother Shannon, on here, and you, oh, you'll set it up. you'll shake your head. Okay, that'll yeah, be we'll, great. We'll have to schedule her. Yes, you know, sir. they tried to murder her and stuck her in the trunk of a car for two days. Whoa. She was in that trunk, beaten. And I mean, brother, how wow. God brought her out to be the woman of God she has stayed. will bless you all. Sister Bell, we'd love to have you on and share your testimony, anything the Lord has uh, for us. So we'll make that happen. Uh, you'll work a date out for me, and let's get it done. It'd be an honor. Okay. Thank God. Let's say it together. We love Brother Shannon. Ready? One, we two, three. You, we love you, Brother Shannon. Love you, too. Thank you very much uh, for that. And uh, what a powerful word. If you're coming in late today, we're going to have this up pretty uh, shortly. And I'll send you a copy, Brother Tommy. Brother Tommy and Sister Bella, Wonderful. God richly bless you. We'll see you again Wednesday. Wednesday, 12 o'clock. We love you, Brother. Be blessed. Thank you, sir. And we love you out there also. Uh, love you, too. Hallelujah. That was Brother Tommy and Bella Hollihan. Okay, praise God. Folks, I hope you enjoyed today's programs. We had Ron and Miriam Cohen, Michael Basham from faithbucks.com, and that was Tommy and Bella Hollihan. Our new schedule, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. We'll be back again tomorrow. And uh, you can go to my website. It's newly redesigned. It's just very simple, one page. It'll give you two options that you can tune into these programs, MixLR or our IceCast server. Links to both on our website. We have two podcast channels. We've got the Omega Man broadcast you're tuning into right now. And then I have a second one called the Omega Man Reloaded, where I'm taking audios from episode one, beginning of time, remastering them and re-releasing them two per day, Monday through Friday. So I have a couple in the queue to put out there today for you. And uh, you can subscribe to them both. They're on Podbean. They're free. And then Podbean feeds those to about 12 other platforms. If you go to my website, you'll find that information. Very simple. Also, sign up for the Substack. Substack is a it's like a blog and uh, it's censorship free there's certain things I w- have wanted to post and tried to on Facebook only to have those posts taken down same with YouTube uh, those are the big tech censors so I needed to find another place and we found it with uh, Substack go to omegaman.substack.com or my website again omegamanradio.com there's a link there. Subscribe to that. These are free subscriptions. You can uh, cancel them at any time. But when I put a uh, a new podcast out there, you'll get an alert on Podbean app. And when we send a sub stack out, you'll get that. I sent a few over the weekend, including a new video to watch called The Great Awakening, part of the Plandemic video series. Now, it's important if you want to stay connected with me that you get on that sub stack list. Just about a month ago, there were undersea water cables cut over in this part of the world, in Indonesia. And I wasn't even able to get on my website to update it. Not even able to do a program. The only way I could communicate was sub-stack. So, that again is for people who want to stay connected with us. 
uh, cup rain or shine. That's how you'll do it. Uh, even our MailChimp email databases were censored and uh, canceled. So there is a war on against all of us in our freedom. Don't forget, go out and see Sound of Freedom with Jim Caviezel. Okay. Anything else you need to mention? If you want to support the program, there's ways to do that right there on the website. That's all I'll say about that. Thank you to those that have, you've helped us to get this far. God bless you. Father God, in Jesus' name, thank you for this opportunity today to do these programs. Bless everybody that spoke on the program and everybody that came out to listen. We plead the blood of Jesus over us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, my friends, for uh, tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.